the backwards man, the backwards man, the backwards man, the backwards man. I can walk backwards fast as you can. I can walk backwards fast as you can. Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. With filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Trashterpiece Theater. My name is Chris, with me as always is Parker and Alex, and we watch Malignant, the hot new movie of the fall. Uh, almost certainly the best horror movie of the year, which is uh, kind of a low bar to clear. But uh, boy, did it clear it with gusto. God, I would give anything to be in a normie theater while this played. I've, I've never been so mad to watch a movie at home. Same, same. <laughs> imagine, oh God. That would be my in-game in theaters moment, just watching a crowd full of people stand up and be like, what is this? <laughs> this is stupid. <laughs> now, uh, I, you know, I think we can safely say we all loved this movie for various reasons, uh, but we, I would like to caution listeners that we're going to have to put really heavy spoiler warnings on this one. I'm going to hope that we can keep the reveal until the very end. It's going to be very, very difficult. I Shout out to Alex and Parker for waiting an entire week to uh, keep from revealing this to me. Uh, but guys, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And <laughs> if I appreciate it, I know our listener at home will also appreciate it. I've uh, been just sitting on this for like two and a half <laughs> weeks now, like a madman waiting desperately for the oh my god text that I got. Right, and... <laughs> Boy, was it earned. But before we get there, Parker, do we have any news? I have never, ever in my life been sitting down playing a Mario game and thought, man, I sure wish I was watching this instead. <laughs> and that's why like, I can't yeah, get that butter. Like, I cannot get that mad over the Chris Pratt thing because it's like, I'm not going to fucking see this. I don't, I don't want to watch a Mario movie, period. I think it's just it's such like a bizarre shit. idea. Yeah, exactly. I mean, well, obviously we already did an episode on the Super Mario Brothers movie and how ill-conceived that was, but that was very much a product of the 90s. I guess the reason that they're making this one is they saw that Sonic the Hedgehog was, I guess, kind of a hit? I guess it made its money back. I don't know that it was, like, explosive or anything. But uh, that cast list, it almost seemed like a troll post. Like, some of these uh, actors are just like, really? Why, why is Keegan-Michael Key as uh, Toad? Why is Jack Black Bowser? Who That's is Spike? One of all. <laughs> I, I think I, mean, uh, I think you guys are missing the important factor here. You see, back in 2008, there was a game that came out called Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. And ever since then, one man has been updating the canon tirelessly. And now finally, we're going to have an answer to who wins the box office gold medal. Oh, you're right. Yeah, we got that one going for it. Here's the thing about Mario. Mario doesn't have a personality. He specifically designed that way to have no personality. He's like Mickey Mouse. You're just supposed to be this bland character who gets into all sorts of jumping in pipes and stuff. That is the meanest thing anybody has said about Italians on this podcast in, like, (laughs) a couple minutes. Yeah. But it won't be the last. Correct. 
like, I, I don't know. You're going to have to make a decision and give this character a, well, character. And, uh, well, I can't think of anyone better to bring that to the screen than Chris Pratt. So, uh, looking Speaking forward to 2008. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, uh, anything else, Parker? I think there's going to be a strike in Hollywood or something. Yeah, I see. wish, yeah. <laughs> I'm fucking begging for a stop of movies for a while. <laughs> I can't take it. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, uh, in that case, let's get to our jerks of the week. Oh fuck! I can't believe you've done this. Uh, I'll go first on this one. My jerk of the week is that guy who's doing the worst tweets of all time tournament on on Twitter. Uh, a half those tweets are actually good, and B, you didn't get any of mine in there. Okay, whatever. I'm not mad or anything, but like, come on. Well, you want it to be a competition. <laughs> like, did you see, like, the Stephen King one that he chose? Stephen King's tweet was like, 309,000 dead Americans. Thanksgiving turned into Thanksgraving. I'm like, what the fuck? That, that's fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely some sleepers in there, but, uh, yeah, a lot of really obvious ones. Like, if you're going to go for ones that are just like, oh, no, you can't say that, then we're flying to September. When I've got to be mad that uh, that somebody, like, took a Kevin Smith joke seriously, like, that's just a line that I never want to be on that side of. Like, come on, man. It's a bad joke tweet, but it's a joke tweet. Like, that's not real. Who are you kidding? Just off reputation. And I don't care for it. I take he it also, seriously. I mean, the, he also took, what's that guy, Don, Get Fiscal or whatever? He took one of those yeah. tweets seriously. Like, come on. It's like one of the most obvious <laughs> joke tweets I've ever seen in my life. He really was a Buffalo Soldier, though. <laughs> if, if, like, eight of Kurt Eichenwald's tweets aren't in there, what are we even doing with this brand? Exactly. <laughs> I really wanted to see the, the fucking tweet of the, the bear helping out at the vaccine clinic with the no! No! <laughs> that was That, was that tweet kills bones. me every time, dude. <laughs> no! Well, no! Well, <laughs> I don't know why that one, that one reminds me of Judo, that Asian girl standing outside the abortion clinic. Um, just yeah, yeah. Sure, let's go with that. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I love that scene in that movie I've seen. Oh, you're gonna. No, I wouldn't even say. No, no, Parker's no, list just got longer. No, it didn't. no, it didn't. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, do you know the actual worst one I saw there? Underrated was the one of like it was like a little dancing chip of Hillary Clinton and Madonna. She's shaking her like fucking spheroid body around like she's that bad guy from Despicable Me 2 or something. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I saw this yeah, all the time. That other movie we know about. No. To <laughs> it's a guy who's he's like wearing the orange and he's got the bowl cut. Is he in the first one? Inside? I only saw the first one. I don't remember which one he's in. I'm not going to look it up. Well, Alex. if you've only seen the first one, then <laughs> no, I saw, I'm not going to touch it. No, but I saw like... Cle- oh, I saw one like, of those scenes. joke tweets. I see what's happening. I think I saw scenes from like the second one here. Why am I... While I think about this, Alex, who's you your okay? jerk of the week? <laughs> All right, look. This might not be like a traditional jerk of the week, but I just feel that more Siri, people need to hear this story. One so, uh, despicable little me was... Go. Keep going. No, no, I'm... Uh, the, the people are waiting for the answer. They don't want to hear my fucking jerk of the week, dude. <laughs> Many people are saying that the bowl cut guy. So anyway, my friend passed out on the toilet and broke his dick. And, like, I just, like, 
I have never had something happen in my life that I have more questions about. But also, you can only ask the guy with the broken dick so many questions before he's just like, I'm not going to talk about my broken dick anymore. So I'm just not going to get answers to most of them. And, like, I guess his toilet is my jerk of the week here. The first one. Really he was sure. in the first one. Like, he, he just... You're welcome. <laughs> he just... He was taking a big shit. And, like, I guess he just, like, was so constipated and tried to squeeze it out that he passed out for a second. <laughs> and when he woke up, like his dick was broken and he had to go to the hospital and now he's got a dick cast and I'm not allowed to post smut in the group chat for two weeks like I don't I have so many questions dude I just like he broke his dick now I can understand the appeal of trolling your buddy to get him hard which you know very naughty decision but just That's treat the group chat just treat the group chat rules the same as discord don't post any porno you don't want to get hairy hard you don't want to get your friend hard no, you just you just can't post it during work hours you can give him a boner when he's not working that's cool yeah like, don't just, but post, you wouldn't want to interfere with somebody's productivity yeah. you know no one wants to work in this country chris yeah. don't don't record yourself farting into the mic you might be able to identify it <laughs> Dude, what, dude, dude, okay, hold on. While I have Audacity open, if I fart into the mic and then I, like, change the sliders up, can I, you think I can trick him into thinking it's a girl fart? Let's try it. <laughs> oh, I can't operate under pressure, huh? <laughs> Chris, imagine you're taking just a, one of those shits where you have to take all your clothes off because you're just in the paint so hard. Okay. And Jeff then. Heath just runs in helmet to helmet. He passes the fuck out when we go with the broken dick. I don't understand how the... Okay, let me think about this. Do the... Yeah, this pa- is... Parker, who's your actually, jerk of the week? I gotta work. You might this. be my jerk of the week for putting this on, because I'm going to think about this logistically for the next week and a half. Uh, so apparently, my understanding is it's like the the top of where like the shaft connects to like the... I don't know, the pube area? Like... <laughs> Like that, that I guess like that. that part, like like the little V right there, got caught like on the toilet seat, and I guess that's like where it happened. So, caught? Like, I I don't think there was like a like a partial detachment or anything, but I think you know like a big gash right there. Like you'd be caught. down for for a while, yeah. I'm gonna think about this forever, and I don't know this person. I will never get. You want me to invite him to Discord? <laughs> Please. No, I don't. Know. <laughs> you can't be worse than the last couple. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my jerks of the week to all the haters and losers out there who go on YouTube, start a live stream, call it Red Zone, and it's just you sitting in front of a desk. I will find you. <laughs> I will never forget this. It makes me so mad every single fucking time. Just some dickhead sitting in front of a microphone commentating on what he's watching. Absolutely fuck yourself. Who is that for? Who is like, Can you imagine oh, someone God. sitting through the whole thing? If it was reviewed, I was bro, I'd do trying it. so hard to find a stream to the game tonight. I was because I forgot to I forgot to fucking change it to the ESPN Plus bundle because I'm stupid. God damn I'm not it, dude! Do it at work. I, I know. So I'm just sitting there. I went through like 20 in a row of like like the live streaming Cowboys versus Eagles Monday Night Football. Click it. It's just a picture of the ESPN.com pl- fucking graphic with someone <laughs> talking over it. I. God damn it. The worst people in the world. Shout yeah, YouTube was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, YouTube's garbage. Well, YouTubers are the problem, but... No, all the above. It's all pretty bad. Your internet as a whole, honestly. I'm fucking Should just it. be a computer that posts videos. Also, my theory is that he was sitting on the toilet, 
And, like, his dick was inside the toilet. Like, it was all floppy. He falls asleep. Yeah. Passes, well, he's passed out. Yeah, while falls he's, forward. Yeah. While he's dreaming, he thinks about Kim Kardashian. Dick gets hard, but he's, like, leaning to the point where, like, the dick gets caught on, like, the underside of it. And it's stuck. And, he, and, like, he wakes up. And, like, he tries to walk forward, but the dick's still caught in there. And, like, that. All right. You know what? That's probably close enough. Is it a fall forward and he just gets caught on it like when you get your headphones caught in the doorknob? I think that's what it was. That like yeah, that's yeah, my understanding yeah. of the situation. Like he fell forward, like woke up on the floor and like looked down, like, oh, I guess I broke my dick. But also like to speak of, you know, you know, the internet being a mistake, this all happened when I was like visiting like my family out in rural eastern Maryland and had like barely any phone signal. So I'm like just desperate for updates on the dick guy. Like I've just got my phone like held up to the fucking sky while we're sitting around the campfire. I'm like, I have to know. I have to know more about the dick. And so my dad made some like snarky comment, you know, yeah, you know, we come out here in the middle of nowhere, you just can't get off your phone. I'm like, Dad, you don't understand he's got a broken dick. And then my dad was invested in the story. And now just like the entire world needs to know about the broken dick like <laughs> we're signal boosting <laughs> while the rest of the country loses sleep over gabby petrino uh you're doing this i'm gonna say her name like that i don't care she's related to bobby so Yo, uh, is it true that fucking dog the bounty hunter is looking for yes yeah. oh yeah, you didn't know <laughs> you didn't know this dude is fucked dog's gonna find him all right, let's get into oh, what we that's watched. That's right, because uh, someone asked me that. I was like, oh, yeah, is he going to leave any voicemails? I'm like, what do you mean? And I just <laughs> dropped the hard <laughs> 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 Of course, the first thing you reference. <laughs> All right. I mean, that's I was what I would do, too. too. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, let's get into what we watched recently. Parker told me I ought to be catching up on Dark Side of the Ring, specifically for the Plane Ride from Hell episode, uh, which I finally ended up watching, and I watched a whole bunch of them that I was missing, and uh, it's it's still the same old, same old with uh, Dark Side of the Ring, still excellently produced, one of my favorite TV shows I think I've ever seen, which is uh, surprising, because I am by no means a professional wrestling fan, but it tells a story so well that it doesn't matter what the subject is. This could be about, like anything and I'd still watch it just because it's so compelling. It just happens to help that it's full of these colorful characters uh, such as Jim Cornette and uh, The Plane Ride from Hell is is one that not just Parker was trying to get me to watch but my buddy Jeff at work he was like dude you gotta watch this one. Same with my buddy Tim C, my buddy Dante. Everyone knows about The Plane Ride from Hell. I gotta admit I came away from that one I guess a little underwhelmed because I was just sort of filled with disgust at all involved. I was like, really? This is what you guys do? It's just kind of gross. Don't treat women like that. Don't put that into your body. That sort of thing. It does seem like it's kind of messed up, but like, I don't know. I, I kind of expected a lot worse considering that I also watched the uh, Collision in Korea episode, which uh, Parker, I guess you haven't seen yet. Not that one. I've watched most of season three. I didn't get to that one. Yeah, uh, Collision in Korea is uh, quite excellent. This is where uh, several wrestlers, including Ric Flair, uh, and also a, a famous boxer by the name of Muhammad Ali, all go to North Korea for uh, a wrestling event put on by Eric Bischoff, who was uh, some guy. And it is, I believe, by statistics, the single biggest pro wrestling event in history. 195,000 people attended this with guns at their backs, and they had literally never seen professional wrestling in their lives. And there is a camera recording these people's reactions, and it's 195,000 silent people watching pro wrestling. <laughs> Which is, like, I, 
I understand that pro wrestling is basically just acting, but it's like acting on a stage. You need the crowd to respond to certain things so you know what to do next, you know? Uh, and I, I won't give away anything else, uh, but I, I think you're really, really, really going to like it. I think it's an excellent episode. Uh, you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't watch it. Uh, there was one that I, I will say, um, I don't normally do this on uh, on the podcast, but it's almost like, a, uh -oh. I guess I'll give a trigger warning uh -oh. for this one. Uh, and this is actually the only episode that began with a trigger warning. Um, oh, I know which one you're talking about. Yep, this is In the Shadow of Grizzly Smith, which begins with uh, it begins with a warning about rape and incest. And uh, I, since I had watched, what's it called, Park Beyond the Mat, I guess? Yeah. Yeah, Beyond the Mat. Um, I, I knew, I knew. She's um, she needs, she yeah, she does, yeah. <laughs> but I... Uh, I, I knew that this guy was a beyond a creep. I mean, obviously uh, a rapist and uh, just an all-around terrible person. And uh, even besides all that, just a horrible father. And I was—I I guess I—it was sort of coming. I was like, "Oh, that! Oh, that guy!" The effect that he had on so many people in so many ways, destroying that family, literally gave me nightmares. Like, I went to bed after watching it, and it it, it, it seriously it freaked me out. I, I thought it was uh, bone-chilling, actually. Uh, the fact that... I, I, I'll tell you what, uh, even though he, he ruined so many people's lives and may or may not have killed one of his offspring, we still don't know. I, I kind of lean towards no, but there there's some good circumstantial evidence to say that he did. Even though he hurt that many people, it's nice to see that a lot of people can grow and progress past this i think parker you said it uh, best that the fact that jake the snake roberts is not a derelict hasn't killed six people and eaten their bodies is a, a miracle that he's been able to come past he's been i think sober for what 10 years now which is pretty impressive considering how much cocaine he's put into his body yeah the uh, fact that he's not just picking up drifters off the highway and yeah cannibalizing them is insane because, yeah my god he'd be the first one to be like you know what man it's it's rough out there. He had, he had uh, two brothers and, uh, I guess, two sisters, and they they were never, ever close. I mean, how could he be close in that kind of family? I'm not saying it's a heartwarming conclusion, the fact that they could move past this, but a little bit inspiring that despite all these terrible things that have happened, they were able Who to... Who nope, shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're all done. We're all done. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't you dare cut that! Don't you fucking dare! If you cut that, I will never come on this show again! Ha 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 ha!
So the next movie I watched was Idiocracy. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh. <coughs> oh my god! Like those two seconds of silence as everyone processes what just happened. You guys have mentioned uh, Idiocracy in the past. I hadn't seen it. Uh, and you guys did not seem to like it very much. You said that it do- either it doesn't hold up or that it just doesn't work and it's not on par with Mike Judge's other projects. I I'm come kind of here different to it. Like I, I, I don't remember saying anything bad about it before. I come here wrong, with a, I'm coming here with a conclusion that like Yeah, mostly. Um so I, I love Mike Judge. I really do love Mike Judge. I love almost everything he's done. I still haven't seen, I guess it was a Silicon Valley or whatever. I still haven't seen that. I've heard it's really good. I'll get around to it. Um, but I, I was kind of curious about Idiocracy because I agree with the premise. I think that human beings are getting dumber over time. I think we can see that playing out on social media and also in real life. And uh, I mean, we just elected, we, I mean, I, I know it's kind of cliche, but we did just elect Donald Trump as president. Kind of, you know. Uh, it does sort of it's seem like to five years ago, out. asshole. Yeah, I know. So, like, I mean, look what's <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Well, yeah, just I mean, that makes sense. That's fine. Anyway, I was like, okay, let's pop in and see how it goes. And we got the wrong Wilson brother in here. Uh, and I gotta tell you, like, why is the green screen so bad? Like, I understand it's like a, a small production for uh, what's basically a science fiction movie, but. My goodness, the green screen is so noticeably bad. Uh, I think the real problem here is that I feel kind of attacked by this movie because I think it's making fun of, like, me. Like, one of the first things when he goes to the future, 500 years in the future, is like, oh, everyone's stupid. They watch a TV show called Ow My Balls. Dude, I fucking, <laughs> lo- I fucking love yeah, Ow My Balls. Absolutely. So it's like, yeah. Like, I understand. Oh, yeah, let's make fun of Jackass. Have you watched Jackass? It's actually pretty good, you know. So pretend he didn't make what, how many years working on Beavis and Butthead. Like, all right, let's, well, let's that's tone thing. it down, Mike. Yeah, well, that's the thing about it is that kind of plays into my point about this is that Beavis and Butthead, much like this movie, is very heavily satirical. It's not saying that Beavis and Butthead are anyone to aspire to. But that being said, the movie is almost an hour and a half long. It's one twenty-four, which, by the way, great runtime. It's it's not like satirical enough i guess i guess maybe it's not critical enough of these people it's just it's there's so much reveling in like fart jokes and people being stupid and uneducated and saying stuff that uh boy i i think was outdated uh 15 years ago and is uh it's still coming back now he says yeah every, in the future everyone will be saying and i i actually might cut this everyone will be saying faggy and retarded uh I, I don't yeah. see those one words out of two is not by. bad. I mean, re- <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know. I I I'm not saying that they they were wrong or anything. It's just, and I understand what the point of what he's saying is saying if you use those words, it's a stupid thing to say. But I still kind of cringe when I hear them. I have to admit. Uh, also, most of the jokes don't work. I usually the the good jokes in that movie are like the really small jokes. You know, sometimes like a like small words on a t for on a sheet. Um, small words on a t-shirt or something like that and little throwaway gags like that those work but everything else in the movie i don't know it, it just kind of falls flat it's like again i understand the premise and i appreciate the sentiment but uh as a movie just doesn't work so well for me but it's also kind of a small movie so it's not like it was like some big hype thing it's like yes this will change the course of human history it's like it's just its own thing so it's uh i'm gonna forget about it it's not a big deal 
uh, next, what I did. Uh, no, I rewatched it a couple years ago for the first time forever, and like yeah. I wasn't having a bad time. Yeah, but about an hour in, I realized like I am not laughing very much. Right? Yeah, it's it's just not working very well. Uh, now, next one. Uh, I've mentioned on previous episodes that I like watching documentaries, and one of my favorite kinds of documentaries is about video games. I, I don't game anywhere near as much as I used to, but I still think gaming is worth defending because uh, I've, I've uh, had a really good time with it over the years. What I really like is gaming history. There's some really interesting stuff out there. What I don't like watching is a documentary when people say, yeah, man, the first time I played Super Mario Brothers and I jumped and there was a mushroom, I got bigger? I was like, wow! I call my brother into the... I don't care about that. I really don't care about that. And I certainly don't care when it's narrated by Sean Astin. He was the fat hobbit. And it's got got Will Wheaton, uh, who's not in video games. Uh, Donald Faison, Faison, whatever, the guy from Scrubs. Uh, Zach Braff, who's also in Scrubs and not in video games. Chloe Dykstra. uh, Chris Hardwick. Oh, those last two have some history. Uh, Ernest Klein. Uh, oh, your favorite. And Max Landis, my other favorite. Uh, how does he worm his way? He keeps this? getting into everything, dude. He's I don't know how he keeps fucking worming his way into these things. This is a movie called Video Games the Movie, and it sucks a dick. It's so poorly structured. It doesn't go into anywhere near enough detail about things, which... I guess a side point here, you can't make a documentary just about video games in general. That doesn't make sense. Make it about Capcom, make it about Konami, make it about the Wii Fit controller. I don't know. You have to make a more serious subject than just, yeah, video games, they're here to stay. It's like making a, it's like making a documentary about, I don't know, movies would be the most obvious one. It's just like, yeah, movies have progressed over time from 1897 to now. There have been color movies and black and white movies. Like, seriously, the beginning of the thing is just like a read-off of a bunch of statistics that no one cares about. Uh, also, Ernest Klein, holy shit. First of all, he looks the way that he does, which is a real problem. And the other thing is does they look re- like the other Ernest? Because that's how I always picture him. Oh, I fucking wish. You, oh, man. I, I, if Jim Varney was in this documentary being like... <laughs> talking about how he plays Space Invaders. <laughs> oh, man. That's a different movie for Parker. So, what? in this one, Ernest oh. Klein is really heavily featured during a segment where they talk about people finding relationships in video games, as in romantic ones. As in people will, like, get married on World of Warcraft servers, or they have, like, a Pikachu-themed wedding or something like that. Ernest Klein looks into the camera, looks dead into my soul, and says the words, Gaming mating rituals. <clears throat> My, okay. I'm telling you, dude, my spirit touched the void in that moment. Also, fucking Max Landis is wearing a pink shirt with a pink tie, and his hand is always like this when he talks. Like he's like he's got like a, a whiskey glass, like Davis Arini or something like that. He's just <laughs> video games are amazing. A lot of people don't understand. They're here to stay. They're not going anywhere. It's firmly entrenched in our culture. And I'm just like, oh, God, why? He doesn't even write video games. It's, it's like, you know how they'll say, like, Al Alcorn, engineer on Pong or something like that? For this, it's Max Landis, writer, chronicle. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> why is this guy here? Absolutely savage. Future oh. episode, also. 
Okay. Absolutely. Well, uh, I would highly recommend not watching video games the movie. Maybe this is the movie that makes me uh, have higher standards for documentaries. In which case, hey, I guess I needed yep. it. Doubt it. Yeah. Well, another one I watched uh, is a movie that Alex assigned me uh, called Death Train, a.k.a. Oh, Detonator. Yeah, this is uh, starring uh, one of the guys from James Bond, who knows. And more importantly, Captain Picard himself. And uh, who else is it? Oh, Ted Levine from, um, or Ted Levine from Silence of the Lambs, and Christopher Lee as a Soviet ex-general, I guess. And uh, Hell I yeah, think the, dude. It's someone else in here. Anyway, this was like a TV movie that was released in 1993. And uh, I gotta tell you, I actually really uh, thought this was kind of underrated. A lot of people were saying, "Oh, it's just kind of bland. It's kind of boring. It's whatever." I was just like, "I don't know. I was I was kind of invested in this. I." I was kind of having a good time. Uh, I think the main takeaway for what's really the problem here is that Pierce Brosnan is obviously a British guy playing someone, I think, from Kentucky. Oh, hell yes, dude. This I accent... I didn't know this. Look, I, I do voices, I do accents, I cannot recreate what he's trying to say in this one. And with the echo in my apartment, I... I, there were no subtitles for this. I had no idea what he was trying to say. It seriously, he flits back and forth between like a bluegrass accent and a posh British accent. It is kind of alarming. Uh, Patrick Stewart does a really good job. As I, I think he does a good job in pretty much everything that he's in. Uh, but overall, this movie. Uh, did, do you guys know what this is about? Have you guys ever seen it? No. Uh, you were the guinea pig for this. Oh, I was. Did you yeah. get this from a list of movies with helicopter explosions in them? Uh, I did not. I got oh. this because uh, um, I was watching a friend of the program, uh, uh, Forgotten VCR, do one of his, oh. like, uh, scrounge through a box of tapes he got at a yard sale. Mm-hmm. And he put that on screen for, like, three seconds and was like, no, this is probably too good for us. And got rid of it. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, no, 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 rewind. What was that? Hold on. <laughs> Dude, but, uh, honestly, that helicopter explosion is one of the best I've ever seen, so oh, worth yeah, watching dude. just for that. So the basic storyline here is that uh, Patrick Stewart is uh, in charge of a UN crime-fighting task force. They're kind of like narcos, but for plutonium. And uh, the Germans, uh, a, sorry, a German scientist steals a whole bunch <laughs> of plutonium for... <laughs> Close enough. For uh, no, that's important. I, I got ahead of myself. A German guy. This mostly takes place in Germany, so I call it the taking of Pelham Einsteinchai. Uh, he steals a bunch of plutonium for some uh, nuclear bombs and delivers it to Comrade Christopher Lee, uh, who you know the Soviet Union just fell, and he wants to revive it again by delivering one of the nuclear bombs to Iraq. In which case, uh, the United States will have to, inter- or the, actually the Russian government will have to intervene, and then they're military will get stronger and stuff. And I know what you're thinking. Iraq with me- with weapons of mass destruction? Please. But uh, Patrick oh, Stewart no. has... <laughs> Patrick Stewart has... <laughs> we'll leave that in. Patrick Stewart Absolutely. had a... Yeah. Patrick Stewart has a secret weapon. Uh, motorcycle riding Pierce Brosnan in Kentucky. Uh, who he flies over to uh, Germany to uh, help stop the train. Uh... It's uh, uh Chris, I, 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 Chris, what? let me stop you right there. Does no. he ride his motorcycle on train tracks? No. Fuck. He does a whole bunch of other stuff. I'll tell you that. All right. All right. Uh, All right. There are some really 
actually pretty dramatic moments in this one. They, they have a female helper. I think it's Alexandra Paul is in this one. And at one point, she gets like a TV camera, right? And uh, they're like, okay, we need you to sneak aboard. And during the broadcast, the guy wants to like show his evil plan to the world. Ted Levine is the, Levine is the guy on the train. Uh, we want you to, uh, to literally shoot him with a bullet in the camera you know shoot this double on time and she's like okay and they get up on there and they shoot him and they show it like 16 times in a row and they show uh uh christopher lee saying bullshit twice so uh i actually i thought it was okay uh this one's really not that bad i guess it's a little you know it's a little bland but i had a good enough time with it uh and uh one last one here uh, i'm gonna try not to go too long on this one I don't know how I came across this, or even how I got on the subject, but for some reason I got on the Wikipedia page for the actress Bai Ling. I think I've only ever seen Bai Ling in Crank 2. So, <laughs> and, uh, her performance in that certainly was memorable, uh, but I don't remember thinking to myself, I should seek out her other work. But somehow, years later, I'm just like, yeah, what about Bai Ling? So I go on to her Wikipedia, and I... I don't. I don't think I recognize a whole lot of the movies. I just looked for one. I found one called Red Corner, and uh, this one was a little hard to find. Uh, and I, I think I had to search around, and I ended up finding it somehow on Amazon Prime, which wasn't there the first time I looked. So I don't know what's going on there. Uh, this also yeah, stars, them, dude. Yeah, I don't know. Well, it also has Richard Gere and James Hong. Now, the last time I saw James Hong in a movie, it was R.I.P.D. So. Uh, <laughs> better outing this time around and i was like well tell you what i'll give this one a chance i'd been meaning to watch it for a while so i paid the 3.99 uh put it on i loved it i absolutely loved it so basic story here richard gear is a 48 year old uh businessman he's a lawyer for a company he's trying to get one of those international telecom satellite deals between uh the u.s and the chinese and he you know, he's about to close on a deal, and they're like, oh, I don't know, we're going back and forth. It seems like your advertising isn't just right for us. But they're like, okay, we'll take you out on the town, show you a, a good time. Here are some of our beautiful women. Would you like to sleep with one of them? He takes this girl back to his room. They drink a whole lot of alcohol. They have intercourse. He wakes up, and she's dead. And, uh, like, secret agents burst into the room. They arrest him, throw him into jail, and turns out the Chinese legal system is just a little bit different from America's. Uh, to call it draconian would be way too kind. And uh, he has to figure out a way to survive his trial, which is heavily biased against him. Also, he has to contend with a language barrier. Luckily, he's got Bai Ling, his lawyer, to help him out. And the first thing she wants to do is plead guilty because that's going to be the easiest way to save his life. But he has to convince her, no, don't do this. I, I think I can save myself here. And I, I'll say one thing about the movie that's kind of a problem with it is a little too obvious who did it and why they did it and how they did it. Like you watch it, you're just like, oh, it was him and he did it like this and he did it for this reason. And when it's revealed, you're just like, oh, that shocking conclusion, like the sun rising in the morning. But it's still worth it just for the road to get there. It's extremely well acted, especially by Bai Ling, who I think won a couple of awards for Best Newcomer. Richard Gere is goodness as he is in everything except for Chicago. And uh, everyone else who's in it, there's this guy who, it's a small role, but it sticks with me. There's this guy who looks like Mark Zuckerberg if he was in Organic Life Form. And you look at him and you're just like, of course he works at the U.S. Embassy in China. He looks just like that kind of guy. And... 
every single, even like uh, some of the Chinese movies, many of which I actually recognize, including, for example, James Hong. Like, I, I look at them and I'm just like, I want to know more about their story. I think it's a little bit better acted than it is written, but I'm still, like, really interested. The other thing about it is it's super accurate. They took a lot of eyewitness accounts from people who had been in China's draconian legal system and escaped from it and somehow uh, survived. They also took actual footage of uh, Chinese execution. Uh, this did not play well in China. They well, immediately uh, banned it for obvious reasons. You know, Chris, the uh, the CIA made all that up, and China's actually made of candy. And... Well, uh, as it turns out, that's what many people said back in 1997 when they reviewed it. A lot of people called this movie xenophobic. Uh, I would not call it that. A lot of people were trying to make this out like it was an episode of Lou Dobbs Tonight or something. Uh, this movie is actually... I, I So I was a little antsy going into this. It's like, oh, what's he going to do? Is he going to be like, I would never be treated like this in America, the land of the free? But he never... He doesn't really do that. He just says, I have the right to an attorney, right? And they're like... I guess, and like the and he's and he's actually like reading the criminal code. He has more in common with my cousin Vinny than anything else, uh, but in China, and uh, I I don't know. I think this is really good. And again, a lot of people try to be like, no, China's great. It's fantastic. Look, I got a lot of problems with America, and the movie actually addresses this. He says for all his criticisms of uh, China, by Lincoln confronts him, and she's like, look at all the problems that you have in America. Who are you to criticize us? I'm like, okay, that's a fair point. Look, America's got a lot of problems, problems that extend way far beyond imperfections. We have a lot of racism. We have awful wars. We have tons of corruption. We have an incurious population. But, uh, (laughs) but... I don't think it. I don't think it's a stretch to say that we are not just better than an authoritarian police state, but we're a lot better than China. And uh, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think everyone ought to see Red Quarter. Immediately goes into my favorites, and I'll probably be watching it again. And I might even buy it on Blu-ray, so I don't have to rent it from Amazon Prime every single time. Alex, what did you watch? All right, so I was like busy all week and like not home and didn't get to watch anything. However, shout out to the dude who owned the Airbnb we were staying at, who found out that I watched What We Do in the Shadows and was like, "You're the only person I've ever met that's watched this show," and just talked to me about it for like an hour and a half. Absolute king. Oh hell yeah, dude! I had a great time. Where Colin just starts talking like Jar Jar Binks to annoy people. <laughs> it's it's great that the only show that I religiously follow week to week is a fucking FX thirty minute comedy. But you know, here we are. And big shout out to the Ming on Hulu day after every. Oh yeah, it's great. Big 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 pong champ on that one. Already sounds better than Ted Lasso. I will never watch Same. Ted Lasso. I don't know. That's not real. I'm fucking sick of hearing about it. Oh, but you know, it's 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 you know, it's a comedy, but there's no jokes. Yeah, we get it. Um, but it makes you feel good. It, Great. I feel good when I'm laughing. Yeah. What is grief if not passing three times in a row? <laughs> <laughs> what else did you watch? <laughs> no, that was it. I was passing. Oh, okay. Oh, never mind. Okay. Well, Outside of a lot of episodes of Dark Side of the Ring, I only really watched one thing. So, Alex, we're going to go through super fights together, and you can tell me where you left off, and then I'll, I'll let you know what you missed at the okay, end. Okay, okay, there okay. Now, Super Fights is a seasonal film production, which is now a cornerstone of this podcast. Correct. Obviously. Um, for about an hour of this movie, I could not tell if the titular Super Fights were supposed to be real or pro wrestling. I could not also understand correct. at all. Yeah. Yeah. I, 
I mean, the main character doesn't know until later either, but it's presented as real fights, but also they all have wrestling gimmicks, and they're all doing wrestling moves. But that's fine. So, our main hero, Jack, is the world's biggest Super Fight fan. He loves it. He watches it all the time. He's got an abandoned warehouse, and he sets it up like a Ninja Warrior course. <laughs> he, he sure does. does. All of them. <laughs> and he's also concerned about the <coughs> mysterious disappearance of his favorite fighter. So anyways, uh, three guys harass a woman, and he just jumps out of his car and beats the shit out of them. And she's like, oh my god, thank you. You should come meet my grandpa. <laughs> so he takes her home yeah. and meets an old Asian man who just looks like Pai Mei from Kill Bill <laughs> Volume 2. That's just this mm-hmm. lady's grandpa. So uh, his heroic efforts make the local news. And we get a whole montage of every single person be like, oh my god, you're, you're the hero. You saved that woman. Everyone in the town notices him. And it, he also gets noticed by, you better believe it, the Super Fights executive. <laughs> <laughs> this kid's... Okay, first of all, I don't know if he's supposed to be 12, 15, or like 25. I cannot get a read on this kid's age. Yeah. It's but very unclear. He, he plays his whole character like the most Power Rangers extra you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> This kid has three credits. This is his only starring role. One of his two other credits is one episode of VR Troopers. So just put yourself <laughs> in that mindset. That's the performance you're getting. But also, he's super good at karate. Yeah. All of the fights look good as hell. So, um... <laughs> Sorry, I lost my train of here. Oh, yeah. So, like, it's being played like this is almost... It feels like a kid's movie. Like how, you remember the Goosebumps show was like for little, little babies, and Are You Afraid of the Dark was for like a little bit older kids, but still not teenagers? This feels like the karate version of that. It's like, it's not, it's not like three ninjas, but it's, you know, it's still for younger right. people. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, and then the lady at the Super Fights place uh, goes to take his pulse and starts squeezing his cock to feel his pulse through his teeth. <laughs> 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 You're like, oh, shit, okay. Yeah, she does. Uh, he has his first fight. In the full American flaggy, matching top and bottom. His first fight is against uh, a man that, when I describe this, Mac will stop mid-walk and start yelling. Um, this is an actor who's actually a fighter by the name of Keith Hackney, who uh, people like him will know as from the early, 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 early UFC events, who uh, took down a fighter by the name of Joson, who you will know as the guy from Austin Powers who throws a shoe at people. Yep. <laughs> took him down and punched him in the dick and balls 20 times until the fight was stopped. <laughs> uh, so he beats this guy in a fight. We get a montage. He also beats up Rob Van Dam. Shout out to him making another appearance in these movies. <laughs> uh, and he's just working his way up the ladder. You know, he's becoming the next super fighter. And then things take a turn when we find out... <laughs> He is accosted by a ninja in broad daylight on an Pause. afternoon jog. This is where I stop watching. <laughs> oh, buddy. This movie turns quickly. I believe it. There's a reason that when I told you about it, I was kind of like, you know, I could finish watching this, or I could let you report back to your people. Absolutely. Uh, so, like, all of the super fighters train in the same place. It's just like a giant YMCA where everyone's just lifting weights and grunting. But that becomes important later. So he's just doing an afternoon jog, getting ready, and a ninja attacks him. 
And the ninja tells him that there's fight fixing, there's underground death matches, there's gambling, there's murder. I think he says mind control, but the scene yes. ends, and it's a real like, hang on a second, did he say mind control? Um, and then we cut to a bunch of the wrestle fighters, because I still don't understand what they are, uh, just moving in on some gangster's turf, beating the fuck out of all of them, and demanding 40% of their cut. <laughs> Fuck. So now we're starting <laughs> oh, to get, get an idea of what's going on. Like, they just go in. One of them is the cop from Blood Moon, whose character is just, what if Eddie Murphy could do karate? <laughs> yep. Which is incredibly good. <clears throat> and they just show up and just kick the dog shit out of these dudes on an, over, on an underpass. And they just take over their turf. Uh, we find out that all the fighters are being given pills as part of, like, their daily supplements. Um... The lady's grandpa, who, again, looks like a 1960s Chinese karate movie master, uh, takes it to his friend as a pharmacist and reports back that the pills have steroids, HGH, and, of course, mind-controlled substances. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's at this point we get more inner workings of uh, their underground operations. Someone tries to cut them out of a deal, so the leader of the super fights and a bunch of his goons show up Beat the shot of them and decapitate someone with a ceiling fan. Funniest <laughs> 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 thing I've ever seen. <coughs> and so, an hour into the movie, our main character learns, like, hang on, these fights aren't real. They're paying them to lose for me. <clears throat> he tries to break free. The ninja tries to help him break free, and it's just thirty minutes of fighting his way up the ladder, including a climactic final fight in a steel cage. With a giant, like, Legends of the Hidden Temple wooden block that's wrapped in barbed wire and controlled by a pulley. It is incredibly <laughs> good. The final fight's, like, ten minutes long. They kick each other out of the cage. They kick each other into empty barrels that are, of course, scattered around the warehouse. There's a banger of an ending theme where they just repeat the movie's title and talk about fighting to be the best. Five stars. <laughs> it is incredibly good. Hell yeah, dude. One of the guys that is forced to fight, and he's wearing a shot collar, and when he doesn't want to beat the guy to death in the underground street fight, he gets electrocuted. <laughs> it's, it's real good, dude. Check it out on YouTube. Yep. That's where these movies live. I'm... And that's really it for me. I don't... I'd talk more about Dark Side of the Ring, but uh, I don't want to hear who let the dogs out again. I'm, uh, I'm really glad I left some seasonal films meat on the bone for you. Because I'm, uh, really I'm going to go deep down the their Hong Kong collections rabbit hole at some point soon. Because oh, yeah. every single thing I've seen from them is great. <laughs> yeah, I was looking at the director of Blood Moon. This was his only other English movie. like, well, it's on YouTube. I might as well hit Blood Yep. Moon. Boy. Oh, <laughs> what a <yeah>. journey. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's get to the real meat of this. Because uh, we're going to talk about this plot for 15 minutes. And we're going to spend an hour and a half doing impressions you know okay well, here's the thing here's the thing i think there's a bit more to this plot like i i wrote down in like real time like how i was thinking of this so well actually maybe before that i guess maybe we should talk very briefly about james wan uh james wan the director of this movie uh i thought sucked as a director uh he did what did he do he did saw he did the conjuring he did fast seven the only good movie he had done up to this point and um Alex, I think you accurately described I him. Always right, yeah. I always forget him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every movie he's made in the last, like, ten years has made a billion dollars. Yep. Yeah, so I guess he just had free reign to just do whatever he wanted. Uh, 
Turns what out he could secretly a way to cash your check. I know. Turns out secretly <laughs> he had it in him the entire time. It just took him this long to do it. This being a Warner Brothers movie pops it up a full star. Like the fact that a major studio gave him the backing. Like you can't imagine what those screenings were like when they're like, "What the fuck did you? <laughs> this is supposed to be our conjuring. Like, what the fuck is this, dude?" Man, if he had turned this like, in. Even Insidious, when she made it Blumhouse for like, no money, like they're making a fifth one. Those just yeah. Right. Really yeah. money. Like, yeah, I think Insidious made a ton of money. Make a shitload of money. Like, I think we said last week, the Conjuring franchise, he's made two of those. But that franchise has made over a billion dollars. Right. Like, making spinoffs and sequels. Like, yeah, like, it has the Annabelle from there, the Nun, etc. <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> he just cashes, pushes in all of his chips and makes. The best slash dumbest thing I've ever. Did you realize if this was in the 1980s, someone completely unconnected to this would make a terrible sequel? And uh, we'd watch. I'm it. still we'll holding out hope we'll get one. Yeah, yeah. Give. Oh my god, we deserve it. Yeah. Um. So I, actually, uh, Alex, I think we should say this again: is you accurately describe James Wan as kind of like the normie horror director? Yeah. And uh, for all you James Wan fans to go into the theater. Uh, I hope you like what you saw, man. I None of them are wish. listening to this show. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I hope I get another two hours of doors slamming. So, oh, oh my yeah, God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could have been in theaters for people to be like, what? <laughs> so we start off on Shutter Island, I guess. And, oh, my uh, God. There's some Starting this at fucking Dr. Weird's castle. <laughs> Immediately I'm in. I'm it's, so it's the fucking... They have the fucking scientist from Cabin in the Woods looking at this demon fetus thing from Eraserhead that's drinking electricity and controlling machines. Like fucking... What's the electricity girl from like Superman or whatever? I was like, that's the first thing I'm thinking of. And you look at it and it's like... You could barely see what it is. It kind of looks like Mother Brain or something like that. And then it... The way it zooms in on this woman's face and she says, it's time to remove the tumor. What, what did she say? Did I write it down? I, I don't even know what it was. It, it felt so... Do that or like cut out the cancer. Something. Cut out the yeah, cancer. Something yeah, like... Yeah. And it like it really zooms in on her face and she's like centered in there. And I'm like, is this a movie within a movie? Is this like, you know, it's, it's going to like pull out and it's on like some shitty CRT and like uh, Josh walks into the room, you know, like, come on, this doesn't, <laughs> it feels me. so different from every single James Wan movie that was like, this has to be like a guest director. Like he got like Robert Rodriguez like, to d- guest direct a segment for the movie. Yeah, you can do the opening. It feels like cool. it's going to cut to black and then Elvira is going to be talking about how shitty right? it is. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it feels like a well, DCEU movie. <laughs> we have to ask this now. Are these performances on purpose? Yes, they have to be. Have they have to. Absolutely. There's they no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No yeah. They're not. Well, the other thing here is that, like, I also, even if they weren't, I want to think that they are because that, one of the things I took away from this movie is that the direction for the first time is way more important than the writing for this one. Because the, the story is by James Wan, but the screenplay was by some woman who's never done anything else of any note in her life. Uh, if you're listening to this, I don't care. But James Wan's direction, the way that he made this look, is so clearly the draw of this movie. And I think that part of the way that this looks is also the way that the people are... He's telling them, no, bigger. Bigger. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's so perfect for this movie. It, it is... It, this has to be intentional. If this well, isn't me, intentional, I'll eat my hat. Let me put it this way. Like, 25 minutes into this movie, I remember, like, sitting there and, like, thinking to myself... 
could we get James Wan to make a Bigfoot movie? Like, it's on that level. Yes. He, at this point, he doesn't need the money, you know? <laughs> Just do it pro boner. Okay, so uh, we cut we to the future. We can't talk about the B word for at least two more weeks, dude. It's, okay, yeah. He might well, <laughs> no, sorry, sorry. Oops, sorry. Cut that. So, uh, th- there's our, our lead hero. Oh, sorry. I just found out that the co-writer is his wife. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. <laughs> I didn't know that they... Out. Really? They don't have the same last name. Well, uh, anyway, we have our lead character. Is her... Does she go by Emily or Madison now? Is it... Which one at this point? Uh, Madison, I think. Oh. Look, uh, when I originally watched this, I did not know what I was in for, so yeah. I did... I well, was not right. considering, our hero, considering our hero goes by multiple names, I'm just going to call her Our Hero. Uh... Or our heroine or something like that. She has a really shitty boyfriend who looks like Zenik. And uh, he fucking... <laughs> he gets really mad because he was watching UFC and he turned it off. And like he punches her in the stomach. And she's just like, well, I'm going to lock the door. Uh, you have to sleep on the couch now. Looks like a comfortable couch. But uh, it's interrupted when uh, he hears something. Like He goes into a different room and there's this really great shot of what appears to be her silhouette, long, dark hair, watching TV and changing all the channels rapidly in her mind, desperately trying to find the Orville reruns. And I'm like, what the (laughs) fuck is that? And this thing kills him with like a giant spider leg, like something out of that video game Limbo or something. I'm like, what is this? And she goes down, finds a guy a snap neck, and uh, I'm like, okay, so there's a different entity. I thought it was her at first. I thought it was like, maybe she's like, I don't know. And uh, she uh, looks at it, and the thing is like leering over her, and it cuts to the next scene or something like that. I was like, what is that? Was that like the bitch from the ring or something? Uh, Here's the thing. The movie is moving so fast right now. I love that. Like, we're immediately getting into... This is what we're going for. Like, that, that opening scene, like, fine, whatever, but, like, here's our hair. We've already established this is her home life. This is her... Oh, my God, there's a demon spider monster thing with hair and all this other stuff. And I'm like, wow, that's really... And it moves all weird and everything. And it's like, wow, this is really interesting. Uh, Dude, I'm, I'm going to be completely honest. Like, in these first couple scenes, I didn't realize we were do- dealing with different female characters. I thought she and the Doctor were the same, same. person. Yeah, they, they that, yeah, yeah same that actually... Half of the movie. Right. That's sorta that's sort of happening to me, but their voices are so different. One looks a lot older than the other. I was like, okay, I think I know what's going on here. So, anyway, she gets attacked by this thing, and she ends up uh, in the hospital. And her sister comes to visit, wearing a princess outfit because she works at Castle World. And uh, <laughs> Castle World of Black Knight fame. Yeah, I was I was going to say, man, I I kind of just like to see being like humorous in like a different way than the other humor in this movie just like yeah you know i just had to come straight from work sometimes you know you <laughs> just work at castle world you know that i just i i don't know i kind of like it. it's like it's it's a very it, it i think actually maybe it is like the other humor in this movie uh in that it's of two minds except this one's two minds are like yeah that is a realistic possibility sometimes people come straight from their work clothes and yet it's thoroughly ridiculous when you look at it you know it is but like also because this isn't like a comedy it's not like somebody staring at the camera being like look at my princess outfit from castle world i'm the rock like yeah yeah yeah. right yeah well that's the thing is uh i think you mentioned before usually when you make a horror comedy it does 
doesn't end up well. Uh, one horror comedy that works is Evil Dead 2, and I got strong Evil Dead 2 vibes when she goes home and uh, pulls out a power drill to install deadbolts in all her doors. And uh, I like it the way that shot she's pulling. All it did is her to screw in the screw and go, Groovy. I mean, that would have been great. Well, Trying. thankfully, the soundtrack does it for us. So oh, yes. <laughs> let's yes, let's the, get uh, to that. Shall we mention uh, that the soundtrack, <laughs> without giving too much away, plays a certain cover of a Pixie song uh, that you could, when you hear the melody, you're just like, huh, why are they playing that? And uh, we'll just... Uh, it's And it's not... To call it I, the melody oh, is not doing it service. Because it's like... It's the, the chorus. sad boy version of the song that you hear in like any fucking trailer for any like sacrosanct fucking movie that's come out in the past yeah. four years. Like, yeah, but it's a Pixie song, and you're like, "Well, surely this is a one-off. Surely I'm not going to hear this several more times throughout the film." Well, that's the thing is, I immediately started thinking um, the wrong thing. I'm not going to give it away yet i want to get to the part with the revealed in which we oh, you say spoilers. were you were you were thinking at this point in the movie see my brain was still off like oh i, I was I thinking really hard shit, but like but i like i'm like who would put the pixie song in this movie like even Zack snyder wouldn't do this i was i was but, thinking like, that's really, really hard was. yeah i was thinking real hard on this one uh anyway we go to the seattle underground uh, yeah <laughs> yeah we do I turns out this is a real spin. tour 20 minutes googling <laughs> tour info yep. for this honestly so i would happy. so totally go yeah this is i mean that'd be great imagine their karate exhibits oh my god oh my god yeah, imagine dude. just like walking into a bathroom in the underground and saying la karate is better than seattle karate three times and seeing what comes out <laughs> <laughs> i've tried so hard not to make a joke about the reveal okay uh <laughs> You guys know it involved the fat guy with the kick. So, uh, of course, this I here's actually a, a, a bit of a problem for me. I in my notes I kept writing down the demon because it's all in silhouette and it's this this creepy thing. It's got long stringy hair and it, it sort of moves strangely. And you think, oh, it's a demon, right? I don't know the creature, the shape, whatever the killer, whatever this thing is. Uh, this attacks the tour guide in the Seattle Underground and like captures her and brings her to the uh, to the attic from Hereditary and crucifies her, I guess. And uh, it uses the radio to speak, which is, I'm like, oh, this must be the thing from the beginning of the movie, right? Mm -hmm. uh, maybe. And I start thinking to myself, and again, I was thinking a lot here earlier in the movie when uh, our heroine was in the office or in the hospital. They said she's had numerous miscarriages. I'm like. Maybe this is one of her miscarriages come to life, and she had a demon-possessed wound. That or is something. maybe a stupider movie. <laughs> I, I, Thank you, you guys, like you guys said it was yeah. For later. Yeah, I'm just yeah, I'm just like maybe this is it. So I guess this is a giveaway. That is not the twist. So uh, I, I was thinking maybe that's what's going on here. Maybe she had too many COVID shots, and her babies ended up like this. Who just, knows? Their balls were too big, so they suffocated. Her Xenix balls were too big. He impregnated her. They got the... Okay. Next movie. Uh, then she goes back home, and I gotta tell you, I love this shot, where she is carrying a load of laundry down the stairs, and it's like, camera's right over here behind like her shoulder, looks down, and she sees like a nude figure run down on the first floor, and I was like, 
that is such a great shot because it reminds me of all the really classic scary movies. They're based on something that's real that you could... People go downstairs in their house all the time. And when you do it late at night, if like especially if the lights are, are uh, dim or off, then like you're kind of thinking in the back of your mind, what if, something, what if someone was here, you know? That's what makes Shower so scary after watching Psycho. That's what makes having a nightmare so scary after Nightmare on Elm Street. And... Uh, that's what makes seeing a figure just off in the distance scary in Halloween. Shots like that are great, and James Wan has never done this before in all of okay, his horror that is, movies. That is categorically false. Like, what has he this, done? That is like That's what he does that in all. Yeah, of what? wait, a character running in, over there. He does. Well, Sounds he like do it when he well. assigned Chris some horror movies. I've already Absolutely. seen. I've already seen most of James Wan's movies. All he ever does is like slamming doors and shit like that. I've seen stuff like that in Insidious. I've seen oh, The Conjuring. Shit, shit. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh. No, we're good. We're good. Never mind. Okay. It just makes me like something's wrong. I've seen Saw. I've seen Conjuring. I've seen Insidious. That's not his style of horror movie. All right, that's not his style of scare in his horror movies. I think I don't know. Maybe I think I think I've seen more James Wan movies. Man, than you. like twelve times in Insidious. What are you talking? About? Maybe I wasn't paying attention to that's Insidious. Like the like whole a... first act is like a creepy kid running around in the background that the character. Oh no. Okay. Like... You know. I you know. I was thinking of with that one because that one is more about the sound than anything else. It's it's the sound that changes things in that movie. It's the sound that's supposed to scare you. This scare is specifically about the visuals. There are no visual scares in Insidious. Try as he did. But that one's more about the folio and how like overly mixed like the footsteps were and playing that stupid song from SpongeBob SquarePants constantly. Uh, <laughs> All right, just dropping this now before I get out of my head. Okay, uh, it's fucked up that so many Super Smash Bros. player watch Psycho as a kid and they're all scared of showers now. All right, <laughs> <next time. laughs> oh, there we go. Oh, that's good. Uh, anyway, I, I do disagree that that's a James Wan thing, but I will admit if it's a compromise here, this is the first time he's done that sort of scare well. Uh, anyway. Uh, She's going downstairs and she sees a blonde woman in her washer window or whatever. And she's like, this is my house. And the, our heroine responds, no, it's my house. And all I could think of was a hobo from Hey Arnold. <laughs> you too, huh? Yep. We and, know. Uh, we know. <laughs> so that woman gets uh, thoroughly ganked by the evil demon thing. And I'm like, okay, I wonder why that was. Why did the world's why did the world geometry suddenly melt away to go somewhere else? I don't know what's going on here. Alright, I know that, you know, SpongeBob has come up like three times this podcast already, but all I could think in that scene was the Mr. Krabs meme, except you know, for all two of you, the Mr. Krabs <laughs> meme with Zaphod with the Romans. <laughs> anyway. Oh, that one's good. Actually, yeah, you know, there's something about the camera in the scene. I don't know how to describe exactly what it's doing. I guess I'd describe it as, like, pulsating. But I fucking love that effect. It looks great. It's great. Like, the camera's going in and out and stuff as it shakes back in. And it looks so natural. I'm like, again, why didn't you do this before, James? This looks I, great. I can't believe this is his first time doing all of these camera tricks that he does in literally every movie he's <laughs> The pulsating really? when Everyone is Everyone knows him for this camera tricks. Not this pulsating stuff. I, I Maybe I haven't seen the this sequel Chris, Is there, like, Conjuring. a second James Wan that, like, we are not familiar with? Like, I've seen The Conjuring. I've seen Insidious. I've seen Saw. I've seen Fast 7. I have never seen this effect in his movies. Maybe I didn't watch Annabelle 2. Sorry I didn't see that one. But, yeah. uh... Yeah. God, I, I will I, say, yeah. Alex's I watched favorite the trailer one. when it first dropped. All of the trailer is all of this cool, like, reality-melding stuff and, like, someone getting attacked by a killer. Oh. So that's all I came to this movie expecting. So imagine my shock when we get there. 
Well, you, but like at, right now, like yeah, I'm vibing. It's just yeah, this is what I was promised. It looks cool. It's visually interesting. Probably gonna be a dumb twist as who's the killer is, but you know we'll get there. And then yeah, uh, was there some significance behind like the award that I missed? Uh, I actually don't remember. When I went back to rewatch it today, I, I'll admit I had to skim through it because I'd been really fucking busy all weekend. I didn't get to sit down and take super detailed notes this time. Uh, I yes, just kind of assumed that she got the award for like what she did with. I uh, was. I'm like, sorry. I, it's yeah, but I, I was I, just like, expecting you guys to pay attention to a James Wan movie. Pardon me. Well, well and also James Wan probably just really likes Black Christmas. He's like, I'm sure. Oh that. come on, he's better. It than looked that. cool. Yeah, well, it did look cool. That's yeah, they took yeah, like, the snake off the like, thing. You know? like, I was like, oh, that's neat. And then I just didn't. I gotta tell anymore. you, that's a, yeah, that's a bit of a hazard right there. Anyway, so I this guess movie like, is not one for symbolism. So I think you're not as far as I could tell, at least. Anyway. uh the creature, or whatever this is, is picking off former doctors, and uh, at this Parker, point, were you also when, when they find the fucking picture with all the doctors in it? Were you also thinking of the picture they found in Blood Moon of all the fucking martial artists at the yes. tournament? Oh, <laughs> like, oh wow, who's this guy? <laughs> yeah, Chris, you'll understand soon. Oh, I hope you'll so. Well, anyway, uh, she. She goes up to uh, the police and says, No, I know what's going on here. I have secret psychic powers. He's going to kill this doctor over here with a candlestick in the lobby. And they're just says like, Says oh. right here in my notes, I got hit in the head with that tennis ball, and now I've got magical powers. Well, mine, I just wrote down <laughs> that the police chief called her Wikipedia Brown. I was like, oh, that's all right. Uh See, that's so, the James Wan shit that you should be familiar with. See, now that yeah. I happen to like. That's a James Wan joke right there. Yeah, it is. So, uh, she goes home and visits her adoptive mother, uh, who's wheelchair-bound. And uh, she asks, hey, uh, who's Gabriel? And the zoom-in on her face made me laugh really, really hard. <laughs> You've watched a lot of Italian horror movies recently, right? Yeah, uh, not enough, but... <laughs> Did that help you vibe with this? Because uh, I was certainly feeling good. If they just suddenly started, like... If she had been like, Who's Gabriel zooming on that mother's face? And then he heard... <laughs> <laughs> you would have died in your seat. <laughs> that I would have... I would have stood up in my own house and just started applauding wildly. Uh... So it's a flashback to uh, her ninth birthday, and her parents decide that they're going to film her birthday on the same take that they film her psychotic episode. You know? Hey, let's not turn off the camera. Let's say, hey, you have to stop talking to your visible friend. Man, you remember how VHS tapes were back in the day? Like, all the ones that weren't, like, filled with cartoons? Those were, like, worth the rate in gold, man. You gotta use that for everything. Not actually, you know, you get you get the cheap ones. You know, you can find some of the really cheap. My dad bought, like, so many of those blank ones. I forgot you were friends with Josh as a child. No, wait. <laughs> That's fair. I wonder if Josh has any VHS tapes in his house at all. Like, you can't imagine that he even has a VHS player. I and imagine it, that he didn't get rid of it. Yeah. No, I absolutely so, imagine that. So Gabriel is known as her imaginary friend. Uh, the killer uh, demon thing, which I think we could, at this point, we're simply assuming is Gabriel or something, is uh, chased away by the detective all the music from Dunkirk plays. I was like, uh, what's going on there? And uh, then they're in a basement. He's attacked by ye oldie timey carriage. 
and uh, gets one of those uh, cuts on his forehead that requires the world's smallest band-aid, which always look really stupid. It's Dude, like one of those this... pistols without the barrel. <laughs> the whole fucking chase scene with the detective seems like it's from another movie. It like, does, yeah. Does like not seem like it movies. belongs. Yeah, it's just like almost like it's just like fucking cut together from like somebody else's project. Like, what the fuck is happening? I mean, like, I was here for it because it looked dope, but uh, mm-hmm. and like, I, I, this is like the fourth time in this movie where like the movie like sort of changes direction for a while in a way that makes absolutely zero sense to the viewer until you have seen the full picture. But, uh, man, this is happening. It's like, dude, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah, well, I, I'm still guessing here, and we cut back to another flashback where, uh, she's, there's, there's like a, a smear on the cake, and she says, no, Gabriel did it. Stop talking about your imaginary friend. You're way too old for that sort of thing. She's in bed, and Gabriel possesses her and tries to make her kill her adoptive mother. And at this point... It's actually one of my favorite scenes because it's really good misdirection. Because in any other James Wan movies, which I've seen, this would be like a ghost or something that possesses her and uh, would try to get her to kill people. And that's what the horror normies are probably expecting. Not quite what the reveal says. uh, 100%. I was expecting either possession or like, okay, she's crazy. Yeah, that's, yeah, I was... Let's let's get to the reveal. I have to admit, like, I was kind of thinking that I was like, That'd be a little too obvious. And Alex and Parker have already told me that, like, this movie is really crazy. So I sure hope so. Uh, anyway, I, this there is a scene where the uh, police chief says to her, or I guess lead detective, I don't know the title, says, you're telling me the killer is your imaginary friend. And then, and then the like, Pixie song plays. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> like, I was like, no way. So, Come on. So when, when that line happened, I was like, yes. Yes, that is literally exactly what's happening. And I'm so here for the rest of this movie. And also, like, to provide context for people that haven't, you know, seen as many Italian horror movies as you guys, like... You guys know when you're playing Phoenix Wright, when, like, something happens in the trial and the fucking Phoenix Wright theme kicks in and you just hear, like, the fucking, like, 16-bit music? That's the way that that song is used in this fucking movie. Like, anytime something happens, it's like... Like, it's just... It's, like, the most over-the-top, like, fucking video game music cue you could possibly imagine. It's so good. Well, I think I really like the way that she said it. She said it... Again, it reminds me of DCU. She sounds like Amanda Waller. You're telling me the killer is your imaginary friend? It sounds like that guy saying, a hot tub time machine. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> There's a reason that movie works. Yeah. Oh, man. Can we just talk about the cops' performances this whole movie? Oh, let's <laughs> go for it. Wretched. Just opening up a file, looking at someone, going, oh. Just looking at the camera, going, that's her mother. Yeah. <laughs> I, this almost feels sort of vindictive against the normal James Wan audience. It's like he has to spell it out for them. I, either that or he wanted us to play in China. <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't he? Yeah. So uh, they go back to Shay Hell. And uh, they're talking about stuff. And the tour guide falls through and falls yeah, flat on the falls, floor. Dude, she falls several room, stories. Dude. And I'm looking at that like, oh my god, I guess like the, the duct tape trick finally wore off and she fell here I am, Here I am just like, damn, I can't believe the killer's stashing bodies in her house. Yeah. <laughs> Same. I was like, wow, what a reveal. 
they'll reveal because we've cut back to her like three or four times. The reveal for breaking free and just falling into the house as they're all leaving is so fucking funny. It really so is. we we cut to uh, the I, I think this is an interrogation scene with the uh, cops and uh, Gabriel calls them on a secret cell phone and uh, Which, she. Uh, another thing where once you know the end of the movie, you're like, wait. How does that? How yeah. is he talking through? Don't electronics? don't worry. Don't worry about it. Don't if worry about it. He's not a demon. <laughs> yeah. Don't well, worry about all, it. Don't. All I have to say about this scene, as in my notes right here, who are you working for, Scarecrow? Moving yeah. on. <laughs> I, I, I mean, this is a scene where uh, he's like, "Tell them what you used to call me," and she says, "The devil," and I'm like, "Oh, come on." So <laughs> you're yes. sitting there like like you're, yeah. you're like man this sucks and Parker and I just like rubbing our hands together like one time please no no no, no, no here's, no, here's, suck, here's the thing I'm not saying that that sucks because I'm like that's another James Wan misdirection like his other movies which I've also seen by the way he he's doing this to sort of mislead the eyes oh it's it's the devil possession that's what they're going for I've seen Insidious but no no but no, so, no 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 he so I love this misdirection though here's the thing though Chris. With literally all of these misdirections, the audience would still be almost as mad as they ultimately end up being. And that's, no, that's makes why every I like one it. of them so yeah, good. Like, that's every why single like misdirection it. is something that's fucking stupid. I know, that's that's why I kind of like it, you know? They're, they're trying to think of something that would be sane. Oh, big mistake. So, uh, I think she goes to that abandoned mental hospital, but maybe she gets arrested or whatever. She gets thrown in jail, the point here. She has to park on the edge of a cliff to get Yeah, to there's like only. I love. I, by the way, I love this abandoned mental hospital. It's got like these abandoned fucking like wheelchairs just out in the courtyard. <laughs> yeah, just leave them. Like, it looks like Peter Cushing should be hanging out there. Yeah, exactly. Again, Elvira is like there. <laughs> and uh, If you just said, oh yeah, that's uh, Dr. Frankenstein's castle, you'd be like. Yeah, probably. Yeah. That checks out. Uh, Same set. So they decide that they're going to go through the tapes. This is the uh, exposition part of the movie. Uh, her mother was Serena. Also, uh, big shout out that she has to go visit her mother because she's the only person she knows with the VCR. Maybe she could have gone to Josh's house. <laughs> uh, the uh, the all the TVs with the the red, white, and yellow wires were uh, occupied at Josh's house, so we had to go somewhere else. <laughs> Malignant fun zone that weekend. <laughs> you see, the the reason that VCR is a superior form of medium is the uh, lack of input lag. <laughs> Explaining that as another doctor is found with his face, <laughs> and you can see yeah, there's no latency, so it makes it more effective for competitive play. Interesting, another kill with no items. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, you imagine like this guy using like no hands to beat Josh without items somehow. <laughs> Just like that doesn't count. <laughs> Just like going into a room and there's somebody whose face has been smashed to a fucking pulp like Gallagher hit it with a hammer and it's going, I can't believe they managed to enable the home run bat. <laughs> there's just the last words for being stabbed in the faces yeah you fucking need it pal <laughs> a rumble pack sticking out of his eye socket <laughs> alright so her mother was the uh, sound of mashing shoulder buttons as you're bludgeoned to death in your own yeah. so her mother was Serena uh, she was unfortunately raped at the age of 15 and gave birth to our lead character Thanks. I'm not going to play That's who let the dogs me. out and uh, she was confined to a mental institution and she ended up in Seattle as an underground tour guide. Home so. of the best karate. Yeah, home of the best karate. That should be on their billboards. Yeah. <laughs>
Do you think uh, when they took the kids away, it was like during the Seahawks games where they throw the fish in the fish market? It was like, huh! and just toss the baby to someone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm imagining the fish rolling down the hill like in Kung Pao. Yeah. <laughs> no, except it, except it winds up in the hands of that fat guy and he tries to eat it gets stolen away from him in the last second. <laughs> also, the whole time, the fish is the talking bass that's on people's walls. Yes, obviously. Well. <laughs> All right. This is it. Not the layers, man. This is it. This is the part of the movie where the spoilers are. So if you haven't seen it yet, I am telling you, turn off the podcast, unsubscribe, resubscribe, rate five stars on iTunes, by hook or by crook, watch this movie. You need to see this to believe it. If you've already seen it, go ahead, listen on. Guys, that fucking reveal. <laughs> that fucking the reveal. Is, the whole thing takes place in a jail cell that is bigger than my apartment building. Like, <laughs> it is humongous. And the cast of people inside that cell feels like a fever dream. That is the most Italian. It's also part filmed of that way. Like, so. All right, uh, who do we got? Uh, we got this lady here. What about her? And then there'll be a black woman who looks like she's straight from Soul Train with the biggest afro <laughs> you've ever seen in your life. I was, platform I was looking around the jail cell for the fucking guy that does the robot on Chappelle show. Honestly. <laughs> I can't get over little nine-year-old girls sitting on like a hospital bed and the camera swings around and in the back it's just mother brain going, <laughs> the <back of> <laughs> Those gnarled little hands sticking out going, Meh! I had to keep so, so hard to, for, sorry, I had to keep so hard from saying when you mentioned the Pixie song, it's like, yeah, I was like, I'll just put that in the back of my mind. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> the reveal that Gabriel is just a little fucking face and T-Rex arm sticking out of the back of her head is genuinely one of the hardest laughs I've ever had in my life. I was so fucking happy. James, you brilliant bastard, you finally did it. You made a good movie on purpose. <laughs> feel like, yeah, they share the same brain so we couldn't get them all the way out. And they show them just like mashing the rest of it back yeah, inside. Which is that fucking reveal. It's a fucking lemony snicket ass scene of just like like banged with a cartoon hammer on the back of her head, dude. Like what the It's the equivalent of like when you drop ice cubes you go, ah oh, shit, and you just kick it under the floor. Yeah. <laughs> just like Alright, we're good. Uh, no yeah. No work April. You're not hearing those voices anymore, right? Don't worry about them. So uh this jail mess honestly, you know, this is both funnier it's really funny like i'm i'm laughing so hard i literally can't breathe and was rich dude i i did i was watching this movie with a brand new vape cart that i had never tried before (laughs) and i paused the movie and looked at it and went what the fuck is in this (laughs) (laughs) dude that would make me do drugs yeah right pulls her fucking scalp back the monster face (laughs) comes out of the back of her head and then she just walks around backwards and just the super strength which we learn later has been acquired because the reason she's had so many miscarriages is because Gabriel keeps eating them for power (laughs) it's just hand to hand combat murders like 45 women in the biggest the, jail cell I've ever the seen. The exact words I, were, he was feeding off your fetuses to build himself back up. Look, I, here's what all that needs to be said about this scene. It is the only scene in movie fight history that would not be improved by Ballroom Blitz. 
I gotta tell you, it looks like the raid, but with a backwards man. It backwards running and then just grabbing an arm and then just breaking the elbow and the bone popping through like five different times. I'm I'm genuinely curious, like how they pulled this off. With like, I wonder how much of the actress was her just walking backwards and like going like this behind oh, her, no, and how much of it was like, and how much of it was like CG and like stuff like that, or just clever editing or. I don't know practical effects, something like that. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a picking shit right now. I fucking love this. Uh, this is great. Um, I did like how uh, I've seen some people say that this isn't entirely realistic because uh, Work? because and this is my favorite reason because I uh, conjoined twins are by definition in biology identical, so it would have to be a girl. So <laughs> uh, that's oh, the. Huh. Yeah. Well, turns out this is all fiction. Yeah, turns out this is all fictional. Um, Anyway, she uses her uh, powers to trap Gabriel in her mind jail. And uh, now he's there forever. He's like, I'll be back for you, Spider Man. And uh, she's like, Yeah, but I'll be ready. Credits for the sequel. I want a sequel. So, like, not only do we get that jail scene, but like, there's more investigative worth. And then ten minutes later, she murders like forty cops in one of the most violent fights. I've <laughs> it is the most raid slash John Wick. Just bodies upon bodies upon bodies. And how is it just leaping onto the ceiling and fucking like spider walking and then breaking people's necks this is the wild thing about this man it's like did you guys uh, go back for a rewatch on this one no I I'm considering it I kind of want to go back on a rewatch I already know that like there's some things that aren't going to make a tremendous amount of sense Uh, not quite sure how he uses the electricity if I rewatch this it's going to be in a room full of people that haven't seen it right yeah of course I've actually I am low-key kind of trying to, that like, set that up. I, I'm trying real, real hard to, like, set this up and be like, no, 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 pay attention. Look, it was her birthday on Friday, and we went to friends house with a bunch of people, but a couple of them had already seen it. And I was ah. like, oh, my God, I wanted, I wanted to experience this in real time with can a bunch we, of drunk people so bad. Can we, like, corner Josh and make him watch this one night this week? I might be able to pull it off. All right. Well, maybe, we'll, we'll maybe better. Right. We'll figure this maybe, out. Maybe maybe better at your place is your place is better acoustic. Oh yeah, I've, we've got. Yeah, oh yeah, and I've got <laughs> HBO Max, so like it's not yeah. like there's no like uh you know. Speaking. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking, we're, good, we're good. We'll figure it out. Spe- speaking of Josh and movies, they're playing uh, The Shining at the Alamo, so I'm thinking the about series. No, my wish. No, I I think they're gonna. I, I might drag him there and pretend it's like a different movie. I'm going to tell him it's Grandma's Boy and like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bring him there because notoriously see the tickets. I just won't show them to him. Oh, it's weird. We're walking into the wrong theater. I thought this was Grandma's oh, Boy. No, it's if it's The Shining, they usually show it in Theater A, which doesn't have like the poster for it. So I might be able to trick him into this one. It'll show The Shining, and he's going to look at me, and it'll be worth it just for that. And he won't walk out because he won't get his money's worth. Oh, you're going to make him pay for it? That's fucked. It's going to be that's going to be a tricky one to pull off. Uh, anyway, yeah, I'll see. <laughs> no, I mean his money's worth at least for like the gas that he had to spend to drive there. Okay, there we go. Saved it. Uh, Malignant, maybe the best movie of all time. Uh, it's a weird thing because like I'm stuck between this is the dumbest shit I've ever seen and this 
actually works. This is good. This is so refreshing. Because I haven't seen a movie like this since, I don't know, I guess the 80s, really. You know, something that's just, yeah, we're just going to go for it, you know? It's like... It's like somebody made this movie specifically for me. And that's, like, so hard for me to, like, convince other people to watch it based on that. Like, I I immediately, upon watching it, like, I couldn't say anything to Parker. Because I knew he'd also seen it, but also I wanted to surprise him with the knowledge that I had seen it. So, I went to the I went to the one other person who, like, watches the trash that I watch and was like, Dude, drop what you're doing. You've got to watch this movie right now. And... Like, waiting for him to watch the movie, I was just an absolute pig and shit. Because, like, when you know somebody that appreciates a movie like this, like, you know somebody that appreciates a movie like this. Like, it is such of a specific DNA that we just don't really see in movies anymore. I just, I, just, I, I, there's no part of me that thinks this movie is bad. Like, none whatsoever. There's a Mandela Effect universe where Sam Raimi fucking hated making Spider-Man and went, no, I'm going to do this instead, and just, like, made this nightmare movie in 2003. Honestly, this does, yeah, this does kind of feel very Sam Raimi-ish in a good way. Uh, Here's the thing, you know, maybe get back to idiocracy here. If I'm not supposed to enjoy movies like this, then I don't know what I'm supposed to enjoy, all right? I don't have to watch The Favorite every single time. Maybe I could just enjoy this. Because, yeah, man, it's, I guess it's kind of dumb, but, like, I enjoy dumbs. I enjoy dumb shit. Stay tuned for next episode where we watch Carnage. Uh, is that really okay. next week? Like this is the kind of shit I miss running from Blockbuster. Yeah, more right. Than yeah, I've never and, been to Blockbuster. And this is like so much better than like <laughs> those movies in terms of like the aesthetics. Like this is lit. Like legit. It's not like. So many movies you see like this where, like, they are going for, like, a real strong 80s vibe and they try to make everything look like it took place in the 80s. And this, like, actually looks like a modern fucking movie. Like, Mm -hmm. that's the thing that's so unique about it. Is, like, it's an homage to all of these movies from 30, 40 years ago, but, like, it looks like it came out in 2021 in, like, good way. Like... Yeah. I guess I'm just thankful for this. You've seen Basket Case. Yes. Imagine instead of being made for $100, it had... $40 $40 million. <laughs> That's what sets it apart, because it's every shitty movie. You're like, who would write this? Why would you make this? But millions and millions and millions of dollars were poured into it. I, I want to buy this on Blu-ray. I Oh, my God. Wouldn't this be perfect for a steelbook? Oh, my God, dude. I, I hope this comes out on digital very soon. Because uh, next month I will be turning some people onto it, doing some help. I also I hope this gets popular. I hope it doesn't get like so popular that people start like making Professor Quirrell references. But like I hope that a lot of people see oh, this a lot. Fuck of... you! God damn it! Sorry, that actually I hadn't heard that yet. Yeah, and that just triggered my fight or flight. Oh, it's okay. Sorry. It's all right. Well, uh, anyway, uh, yeah. I mean, dude, if there's a steel book for this, I'm absolutely gonna get just for like the memes but uh yeah i i loved it uh very happy going to rewatch this one hopefully with other people just just for their reactions man with that being said let's get into the game of games <laughs> fucking gabriel he did kind of look like yoda but not green it ate her unborn baby. Three thirty in the fucking. <laughs>
Alright, do you guys want to do the team part first, or the, uh, the weekly Game of Games feature part first? This sounds diabolical. Let's do the weekly part first. Yeah, let's do that. Alright, so, uh... Uh, a little bit of uh, inside baseball here, but uh, we have recently moved our recording nights from Tuesday to Wednesday. Or, Tuesday to Monday. Jesus Christ, I, I saying, can't yeah. talk, yeah. Um, which means that we are now recording immediately following Monday Night Football. Which, uh, great for uh, some of our schedules, but more importantly, lines us up with uh, one of the uh, cultural t- touchstones of this podcast. I'm not referring to the Monday Night Football game. I have, I'm, of course, referring to the... Uh, Chris Berman segment during the halftime show. So, <laughs> let me introduce you guys to the fastest three minutes in dice rolling. Oh, oh no! This. <laughs> Fuck this. Fuck you. Fuck Narrated so, by Bill Burr. Because I now have a reason to stay in every Monday night and watch the game before we record, I, I'm not going to miss our boy Boomer anymore. So what's going to happen is... I'm going to roll one dice for every one of his signature boomer catchphrases he says during the fastest three minutes in football highlight show. Oh my god. And, uh... Oh my god. It's going to correspond to some, uh... Some boomer-related lore. Or, uh... Some boomer-related spaces. Because, uh... You know. Spaces? Space? I mean, there's a lot of sides in this dice, man. Look at, look at, look at all these sides. Oh, there's sides. I thought there was like a Candyland sort of board. Uh oh, you landed uh, on the boomers. All right. So, uh, fortunately for you guys this week, there was uh, no back, back, backs, and no whoops, and nobody circling the wagons. But I did distinctly hear one Deratus. So, uh, <laughs> it's going to be one roll of the big die. Back, back, back is what I yell every time someone asks him. Oh, shit, that fell. God damn it. No! A moment of silence for everything that's about to happen. This is uh, one of the spaces that I wasn't particularly creative about. This is the whoop space, which... uh. <laughs> We're gonna each have to whoop a movie to each other, um, and uh, yeah, it's just gonna go like round robin. Like Chris will give me one, I'll give Parker one, and Parker will give Chris one. Great. Okay. Keep it uh, nice and simple this week, as you guys can get used to uh, <laughs> this new development in the game of games. Okay. Uh, in that case, if I'm assigning one to Alex, I would like to give you Food of the Gods two. Food of the Gods. Yeah, Food of the Gods 2. Okay. Oh, you know I don't have to watch the first one, right? Because I'm not you. Well, good news, it's apparently unrelated to the first one. Oh, okay, perfect. Alright, so, uh, you gonna give me any information on that, or I just gotta, I'm gonna find out on my own? Yeah, find out on your own, going blind. Uh, I've never seen it, actually. Alright, uh... Parker, you can go ahead and assign one to Chris now if you got something ready. Uh, the Legend of Boggy Creek. Oh, friend. hell yeah. Uh, first oh, the first one I have never... Hey, yeah, okay. Look at that one. Oh, buddy. I can't wait to talk about the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. Falc boys. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Parker, I'm gonna give you a choice here. Do you want movie number one or movie number two? No, the second one is not a sequel to the first one. Okay, then in that case, number two. Alright. 
So, uh, you're a big fan of American Pie, right? Damn it. Number one. <laughs> <laughs> you wanna... Yeah, man, totally. Uh, you wanna... I'll give you... Knowing only that, I'll give you a chance to switch to number one. No, I... I have to know what the connection is now. It's gonna drive me crazy. <laughs> so, uh, many people have said that this movie is the UK's equivalent of American Pie. Oh no. no! So you're gonna watch the Inbetweeners, the movie. Okay, we'll see. There's gonna be a lot of guys in dresses. Okay. <laughs> 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 yum yum yum. <laughs> yeah. All right, and uh, now let's go ahead and look at the uh, the regular game of games. So. Uh, Chris's teams managed to go uh, four and six this week, including, if I'm reading this correctly, four mashups between his own teams. That's always good. <laughs> Parker, your teams went uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, and five. Oh, that's better than four and six. I'll take it. Yeah. That is, in fact, better than four. I'm going to take it. I can't believe my MVP candidate, Jalen Hurts, let me down tonight. Right, let, me, let me check my math here. Because, uh... No, that's right. I don't know, 7, 6, and 4. That's 17 teams didn't win this week, dude. Um... Are you sure? Oh, Chris, never mind. Chris was 3 and... 3 and 7. That didn't matter. Chris was going to lose anyway. But, uh... Because uh, my teams went 7 and 4. Now, uh, Chris, if you'll notice, 3 and 7, that 3 plus 7 does not equal 11. That is because you had the animal attack space from last week. So you will also be watching an animal attack movie of your choice. However, you also get to change the animal attack space to whatever you want and throw it back in the pool for next week. Okay, uh, the animal attack space becomes the Ken Jong space. Okay, you know what, man? Yeah, sure would be awkward if you uh, if you lost again. But uh, let me go ahead and... Uh, I'd also like to throw it in the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it automatically goes in every week. You uh, oh, do not goodness. get a say on that one. Uh, yeah. Do you guys need a link to the spreadsheet again so you can see who the teams are? Or Surprisingly, I still had a tab open. Uh, yeah. Tell you what, let's, let's just, you know, go in blind. Well, I mean, you're going to need to pick one of your own teams to throw in. Okay, fine. But, uh, Go ahead and send it to me. Wait, actually, uh, I, can, I can scroll. I can scroll. Alright, so, uh... I've got a guess as to who he's gonna throw in. I can save him the trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'll, I'll just start. I'll throw in uh, one team from each of us to start this off. I am gonna... Go ahead and throw my Giants, the biggest team in the NFL, into the pool. Uh, from... From Parker, I will be throwing in, um, who do I want to throw into the pot here? Let's go ahead and get rid of your 3-0 Raiders. Put them back in there. And, uh, Chris, you can go ahead and, uh, throw the Cats of the Forest in there. I'm not going to be completely mean to you. Not yet, anyway. Um, although, I do have to assign you a movie, don't I? Oh, I should probably do that. I mean, I do. Because I uh, I have one picked out just for you, buddy. Okay. So uh, 
we're gonna keep the uh, the train of uh, '90s movies with uh, A-list actors rolling. You're gonna watch a movie called Traveler from 1997. Now, the premise of this movie is that our hero, a young Mark Wahlberg, finds out he's descended from some gypsies led by Bill Paxton and has to go out to the gypsy reservation to learn their uh, not their it. craft. I guarantee he says it a lot. We're gonna find out. Uh, I now, while that sounds great, uh, I'm also going to read you the following: the number one result in the storyline section of IMDb. A young man, Pat, visits the clan of gypsy-like grifters in rural North Carolina who belong to the nomadic ethnic group known as Irish Travelers, and from whom he is descended. Pat is at first rejected by, co- but cousin Baki takes him on as an apprentice. Pat learns the game while Baki falls in love and desires a different life. This review was written by, of course, Jeff Hole, whose email address is jeffhole at AOL.com. What? I thought this was going to be by SonicFan89. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Turns out, uh, no, our, our boy Jeff Hole has uh, also done some reviews on the site. Yeah, that's my other alias. Yeah, All right, I mean, am, am I allowed to throw in any other teams, or is Parker... Uh, so, uh, Parker's going to throw in one of his own and one of yours. Okay, so I will uh, just toss my jets right in the trash can. All right. Let's get those Packers out of there. Let's shake get it the up. Packers out. All right. Um, Chris, you can go ahead and toss one of your own teams in. Patriots. Patriots, ah, oh, you gotta get rid of them. I mean, they're really, really dragging you down. And, uh, let's make the numbers work. What do we got here? Seven. Uh, so I'm gonna throw the Lions back in as his policy. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't make the rules. And, uh, what do I, I have two spots. Parker has two spots. Chris has four spots. Yeah, Parker, go ahead and throw one more team in. Even this out a little bit. Uh, from my from yours. Uh, I don't want to lose my birds. Cool. Oh, wait, Texas. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, get, get that All shit right. out of there. So that's one, four. God, I have eight, a lot of birds. Nine. Good for me. Um, right, let's let's put them on the wheel. Yeah, give me yes, give me let's. give me one second. Yeah. Ken Jong. Giants. Yeah. Some great teams in here this week. See, the Kim Jong thing is a double-edged sword because, like, also he's in 500 movies. Yeah, yeah, you can, uh... But, you know, uh, honor yeah. system. The man of core yeah. will know if you cheat him. He's only in one scene. Well, that's most of his movies, so, uh... You gotta really do... You gotta really gotta... Pull your sleeves up and get down and dirty and find something diabolical. Damn. You can't just watch Knocked Up and go, oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> Absolutely not. We're talking Hangover 3, which I'm assuming he's in. It's gonna be... Yeah, he is. Of course he is. Yeah, he's in all of them, isn't he? Yeah, we've all seen all three yeah, of them. Of course. So, like, that's yeah. obvious. I was working at the theater for Hangover 3. And we give our condolences <laughs> to the victim. <laughs> now! Well, uh... <laughs> Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, are we 
are we doing the fucking Venom movie next week? Is that already next week? Or are you just saying uh, that? That's, that comes out October 1st, which is, uh, is shortly. Yeah, yeah, it'll be out so, next yeah. week. Yeah, that's Friday. Yeah, yeah. let's, let's okay. do that. Yeah. Really is damn All right, well, I guess yeah. We'll yes. <laughs>
And that's the tea, sis.